Okay, good morning, gentlemen. Welcome back. Coming to you live from the Summerton Community Kailo, Summerton, Philadelphia. We'll continue with Shemayna Prakim. Laha Rambam. We're doing the Sefer Shemayna Prakim. This is the Rambam's introduction again to Pirkei Avis. Rambam told us that there are five distinct um, functions that the Nefesh has. One Nefesh that has five functions, not five Nefeshes. And he also told us that although the Nefesh, that, that's the life force part of us, the animative part of us, that keeps the guf animated and prevents the guf, the body, the difference between the body being what we see, a live, healthy, functioning body that can interact with this environment, and 180 pounds of rotting meat is the nefesh. That's the nefesh. And there's five functions of the nefesh, the Rambam told us. The margish, tamer, zon, margish, madam, misoyer, and sikhli. Um, again, loosely translated, that means the, the vital signs, the vitalities of, of, the, of, the, of the what keeps the body um, alive, the margish, the, our sensory um, functions, sensing, sensating and sensing the environment, medame, which loosely translated again means uh, the ability to, to um, um, comprehend the environment, process the environment, Oyer means to have a goal, to have an objective, sikhli is intelligence, the intelligence, and some of these aspects of the nefesh we see in the animal world as well. The animal world also contains and shares parts of these aspects of the nefesh of the man. And we see within the animal world as well, we can classify these kinds of animals are all, um, you know, have similarities. These are the nocturnal ones. These are the ones that hunt by day and sleep by night. These are the ones that are aquatic. These are the ones that are that are uh, air-based, land-based. The Ram told us that every nefesh is custom tailored to every species. Um, and there's real, there's no real shared nefashas, and even areas where we seem to have things in common, like he, he was explaining now to us one by one the five aspects of the nefesh zon. What does it mean? The, 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 the vital area of the, of the nefesh, the life, life science, the functioning, basic functioning of um, yeah, the vitalities, the vital signs uh, of, of the nefesh is what allows the body to process food and nutrients, all the, the digestive systems, the excretory systems, the respiratory systems, that which the body can um, remain alive by by absorbing food and processing food and, and getting rid of the waste material from the food and the reproductive systems, all that is the chela kazan, the first part of the nefesh. So we certainly seem to have a lot in common. We eat, animals eat, birds eat, everything has to eat, everything needs calories, energy to survive. Uh, most things need sleep to survive, but those are, are loose associations and, and rough associations. And the part of us that needs to eat, that is able to process food, is radically different. Comes from a human nefesh and is not coming from an animal nefesh. And the part of the the the, uh, the uh, you know that which allows cats to process food and to survive and reproduce produce kittens is very different. Even though it looks like it has similarities, frogs frogs have to eat. They produce tadpoles, but the same way. No one would mistake a cat for a frog, and a frog for a dog, a dog for a hummingbird, um, on, 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 a, on a like a you know, on a physical level. So the nefesh also is different. The nefesh is custom designed. The the, the animative part, the life force part of every of every uh, species is custom designed to keep that species alive, keep that species ticking. Um, that's that was, uh, and we we said based on that yesterday, we we gave a kind of a uh, addendum yesterday. Um, there's only so far that you can take, like studies that they do in laboratories, you know, the studies done on laboratory rats, and they found in laboratories that if you feed rats, um, you know, copious amounts of this 
of this uh, chemical that has all kinds of strange effects and adverse side effects on rats, that, that shows us how the rats, yeah, it it's, it's certainly shows us how it affects the rat physically, but the rat's physical um, um, life's functioning has to do with the rat's nefesh. So that study is only ever going to be able to show us in a very loose sense at best how that might affect a human being and how that might affect Klyosro. Um because our physical um, capabilities to survive and to maintain uh, life, our own life, for, the, for our body to keep itself alive has to do with our nefesh and at best you see, this is a study that shows us how the nefesh of the rat works, the nefesh of the monkey works, the nefesh of the hedgehog works, it's not going to show us how the nefesh of a person works. The only thing that, as we mentioned yesterday, that can really show you how the nefesh of a person works in keeping its body alive is experiments that you would do on a human being. But that's, that's, we can't do that. We can't do that. We don't do experiments on human beings. You get into big trouble if you start doing things like that. But very important to remember this, based on the Rambam's principles over here, laboratory experiments on laboratory animals, even the, those that affect life functionings, and life's functions, um, basic biological systems, show us how those um, exposures affect that nefesh of that particular animal. They don't even show you necessarily how it's going to affect other animals. It gives you a loose idea, yes, because there are shared tendencies, but the nefesh is a di- very different nefesh. So they were up to Chela Kamargish, the second out of the five aspects of the of the nefesh, the second of the five functionings that a nefesh provides everything that's alive. Chela Kamargish, that's the part that perceives, that senses its environment. These are the five senses that everyone is fully aware of. That's the ability, the nefesh gives my body the ability to sensate its environment and to interact with the environment through the following five. Hema ru'us, that's sight, hashema, sound, hearing, hatam, taste, reach, scent, mishush, and sense of touch. Okay, everyone's familiar with this, the five senses. The Rambam lists them over here for us. So that's another aspect of the nefesh, what allows me to perceive my environment, interact with my environment, sensate my environment, know if it's hot or cold outside, is this wet or is this dry, is this taste good or is it taste rancid? Does this something that does look? Is this a uh, um, friend or foe? Is there a threat? Do I see a threat in the distance? Do I see something uh, enticing in the distance? So those are all aspects also of the nefesh, the, the ability to interact and perceive the environment. These senses are distributed over the entire body. The entire body. Um, is used in the realm of margish, as opposed to having designated areas of the body that that work with this and don't work with this. I mean, what the Ram is saying is that the the chelak margish, one's entire body is really used as a kli, as an engine, to sensate the environment, the person's entire environment. Arthur, we have the, the special chair for you today. Um, as opposed to, let's say, other systems like the chelak hazan. The, 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 the first area of the nefesh, which was what keeps our mortal functioning, life's functioning, mortal functioning, the first area, right? So you're, you don't really use your hands and your feet for that, right? For mortal functioning. A person can survive and have a healthy life till 120, even if he's chas v'shalom, missing appendages, missing limbs, right? A person, rachman al-islan, that's missing a leg, that's missing an arm, doesn't interfere with the chelak hazan. The, the first um, functioning of the nefesh, mortal functioning, life signs. There are uh, organs that if you're missing them, they will really get in the way, right? The person's missing his lungs, the heart, the brain. That, that's, you know, 
<laughs> that's that's arguable if a person how how much that affects a person's functioning if he's missing his brain or not. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. Everyone's thinking the same thing. Um, but you know, missing your stomach, your large intestine, your small intestine, your liver, your kidneys—that's pretty serious. But a person can miss it. it can Not that we, you know, everyone should should have all full appendages till 120. But a person is missing a leg doesn't get in the way of uh, doesn't compromise the first aspect. But in the second aspect, the ability to sensate in your environment. Yeah, you you use your leg also. Your leg tells you, it gives you information as what what's going on around you, right? Your leg certainly does, and you you. You are um, every every aspect. The Rambam has an interesting insight. Every aspect of your body has has an, the ability to interact, to sensate, and perceive the environment. Your legs also, um, uh, and your arms, your fingers, your toes. Right? Your toes can tell you how hot or cold it is in the room. Right? We need to raise the thermostat. We need to raise the thermostat. My toes are cold. Okay. What's the chelik hamedame? This is what we would translate loosely as imagination, the ability to, to extrapolate based on past experience and observation. That's the medama. That's the nefesh also it gives us the ability to, to imagine, to, to, um, to contemplate things that we don't immediately see. Imaginative, call that. But not imagination in like, you know... The, you know, colloquially, when we say imagination, he's got a great imagination. Imagination can, some, is sometimes understood to mean um, escaping into fantasy land. You know, it can mean that also. It definitely doesn't mean that also. But imagine, imaginative, the imaginative um, function of the soul allows me to what? To um, even animals have this to a degree. Animals to a degree they have this kaya imaginative. We're going to see the Ram is going to get into that now. Elaborate on that. But that means an animal is hungry and the animal has a memory, let's say, an association that it was in a certain place the day before and in that place it found food. It was in a certain place the week before and in that place it found water. So the Kayakamadam, the imaginative aspect, the animal is able to say to itself to tell tell the animal, um, if I go back to that place now, maybe I'll find food again. Maybe I'll find water again. That's not something the animal sees in front of it right now. It doesn't see the food, doesn't see the water. If you see the water, of course you go to the water. You see the food, of course you go to the food. That's the chelik hamargish. That's the second aspect of sensory perception. Madama is able to, you know, what we call being maven dover, mitayich dover. Madama milsa milsa, being able to extrapolate information from past information. Being able to um, work with something that is, that, that is not immediately present using imaginative um, aspects. So animals do have that also. The animal will go back to where it remembers, remembers it has an association of water being there the day before, where it's breeding grounds, it's hunting grounds, it's migration. drinking grounds, it's migration, migration path grounds, yes. So that's all the chelik hamadama, all these nice examples, it's, that's, that's uh, the imaginative capacities. We can use that um, in a much greater sense than animals, right? That's imagination, being able to... Uh, an animal, as, as much as an animal has the imaginative capacity, an animal will not be able to say, well, you know, be really nice if, you know, the lines are always, you know, the gazelle is not going to think to itself, you know, every, every summer the lines thin out 10% of our population. It would be really nice this coming summer if maybe, you know, lions, um, they're, they're limited in what they can do. If maybe if we construct above-ground dwellings, if we make ourselves, you know, dwellings up the trees um, or underground or we barricade ourselves in the caves the lines won't be able to guess so gazelle an animal can't do that that's using your imagination to to um, 
creatively <coughs> to create and produce things that you haven't yet experienced. Okay, so an animal can't do that, but that's what we could do with our imagination. We can construct, we can, we can, we can connect information and put things together to produce things that, that, that not only um, we haven't yet seen, but no one's ever seen, but it's from assembling things that we've already experienced. Let, let's see, I, I'm going to give a lot of introduction. To, we're going to see the Rambam now inside tell us what this Chelek Hamadama is. Um, the, the third aspect of the soul, the imaginative aspect. Let's see. By the way, if anyone wants to follow along inside, the Shemayi Prakim and the Rambam can be found in every standard shas in the back of Masechus Avedazara, right before Pirkei because this is again the Rambam's introduction to Pirkei So if anyone wants to follow along inside, in the standard edition of shas in the beginning of Masechus, before after Masechus Avedazara. Chelik Hamedame. Hukayich Asher Yiskar Rishmei Hamuchashim Asher Heolmam Mikivas Hachushim Asher Hisigum. What's the Chelik Hamedame? The imaginative aspect that is the ability to recall the impressions and the associations that we have had in the past through the second aspect of the soul, which is the sensory aspect. So be able to recall them. The animal can recall where the water was, recall where the food was when it gets hungry, even though it doesn't see the food right now. The archive, Kitsasim al Kitsasim, it's able to assemble um, the memories, assemble those associations. The Kitsasim assemble, reject. Uh, I remember the animal says to itself, I went once over here, and there, here there wasn't any food, so I'm not going to go that way today. I went over there, this one, I went with my buddy um, the other week to this watering hole, and my buddy got eaten by the, by the lion over there, so I'm not going to go back that way today, right? So to the ability to recall, recall associations and, and, and slash memories and, and work with some of them, reject some of them, that's, again, processing things in an imaginative sense, processing things that were fed initially through the 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 kayach hamargish, but they're no longer in the kayach hamargish. The lezay yarkiv zeh kayach min inyanim asher hisigu inyanim shalai hisigu klal v'yevshalasigam. The ability to to um to uh to do this when we talk about a, a a man a human being who has higher superior intellect to an animal, you can use your imaginative capacity to again work with things that you've already seen. Expo- been exposed to and experienced, and by by um, extrapolating, combining, uh, and and um, playing around with previous associations, previous exposures, experiences, you can produce something that's heretofore never been seen. This is the imaginative capacity of a man. We can build things, construct things, or even before building and constructing, think about things. You can use your, a person can use his power of uh, his imaginative capacity to to think about things, imagine things that he's never seen. Now here we have a, a very a well-known Rambam. I think this is the the one part of the Shemana Prakim that everybody knows and quotes. I don't know if people know much else from the Shemana Prakim, but this line gets quoted. Listen to what the Rambam is about to say. You can use your imagination to think about things that have never been experienced, have never been produced. The Evshalahasigim and are impossible to produce. You can think about things that are impossible. You can use your imagination to think about the impossible based on things that you've seen in the past. And you can extrapolate impossible thoughts and, 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 and uh, imaginations from things that you've already seen. Now what's the example that Rambam gives? The Rambam is about to give us an example of something that you just said that no one's ever seen and no one ever will see. What's that? I'm reading. Like a person can meditate, can contemplate, can imagine a ship flying through the sky, says the Rambam. 
That's something that will, is, never be, right? will never be, says the Rambam. This is something that we said now. Now, how do we take this? Well, well, no, this is the one line from the from the Shemitah Prokim that uh, that everybody knows about. Um, what does the Rambam mean with it? Before before we get into uh, how we're supposed to take this, right? How do we relate to this? Um, some people refuse to get onto airplanes because of this Rambam. The Rambam says that, that, that <laughs> ships fly, flying through the sky is impassable, right? So I'm not getting on airplanes. The Rambam says they can't work. Right, the spa- That's why the space shuttle blew up so many times, right? Because Rambam says it can't work. Right. So no, that's that's the wrong way of taking this Rambam. You should, you know, um, air flight is safer than than going down the 95. Safer to be in an airplane. Yeah. Space shuttle. <laughs> <laughs> on the 95. And Roosevelt, New Jersey. Yeah. So anyway, so airplanes are safer. Are safer the safest form of transportation? Actually, probably boats are safer than airplanes, right? Boats. Boats are probably safer. Cruise liners probably safer than airplanes even. Um, I'd imagine. Imagine. Yeah, because they only have seven people at a time, three people at a time. They don't send many of them up there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so avoid the, avoid the spaceships. No, the statistics. <coughs> you have airplanes flying thousands a day, yeah, so you want crashes. It's fraction of spaceships you have, what, hundreds? Not manned, no, not manned. There's not so many manned space flights, and when they, and when they man them, there's only like three people in there. And it is a trick of the statistics, because you could put you could put 100 people in the space shuttle, they only put seven people in there. It doesn't happen a lot, also. You don't have right, right, yeah. Anyway, all the statistics, you can do whatever you want with, uh, you know, what Mark Twain said about statistics, right? There's a lie, there's an outrageous lie, there is a statistic. Yeah, so there's three kinds of lies. Three kinds of lies. There's lies, and you said darned lies, and statistics. And, and there's a fourth one. The weather forecast. So Mark Twain didn't say that, and that wasn't my choice. Because Yosef already adds the fourth one onto the list. Weather forecast was. Yeah. Our statistics lines. You can do whatever you want with statistics. You can throw Mark analysts into the same thing with the weather. Like you can say the following. I once heard the following. You know, we can just you can say, uh, um, going to the mikvah, going to the mikvah will give you a long beard. Go to the mikvah. It's been proven that going to the mikvah regularly gives you a long period. Why? Because you take the statistics, and if you do a study, you'll see that 78% of the people that go to the mikvah have long beards. So statistics clearly show you that going to the mikvah will give you a long beard. Okay, anyway. But the French Academy of Science, back in the very end of 18th century, put a decree they will not accept any patent for the flying things that are heavier than air. There's when and when? After Da Vinci? Uh, after da Vinci had plans for a helicopter. No, da Vinci was in uh, the 1500s, no? Uh, yeah, 16th century. But they, they he, he drew plans for a working helicopter, Da Vinci. Yeah, plans, but not the actual plans. Yeah, well, because, you know, he was busy. Was a, he was busy painting things. Was actual, you know. actual decision <laughs> to reject any patent that present a... Airplane because they knew about the Rambam. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, anyway, but the, but before, yeah. So again, we're getting back to the Rambam. Getting back to the Rambam. The Rambam says that that uh, that that you can use your imagination if you have higher intellect, like a person, to to um, think about something, imagine something that no one's ever seen and and is impossible to see, impossible to exist, like a a ship flying through the air. Okay. Now, what does he mean, though? This is to before. Again, the exciting part of this, oh, oh what do you mean? Well, we do have that. Yeah, let's put that on the side for now. But what's the Ram? I mean, just what's the punch on the Ram? He's saying that what allows us the ability to think about that, what is, what's he trying to bring out with this? What's the point? The point that he's making is like this. I have been exposed to ships, 
ships going sailing through the ocean, and I've been exposed to things that fly through the air like birds. So I can combine the two of them with my imagination, and I, I see that the air can be a medium for flight, as I see with birds. And I know there's a medium for transportation called a boat, so I'll just, just I'll think about a boat flying through the air. Says the Rambam, our imaginative capacity allows us to do this, but only because we've already been exposed to the building blocks. That's the point that the Rambam is making. The imaginative, the imaginative part of your nefesh is using past experiences as building blocks to think about, to assemble them into something new that even if that new thing has never been seen and never will be seen. But it requires building blocks. That's really the essential point that Ram is making. He's not saying, he's not saying, well, you can think about things that are impossible. That, that, that's a misunderstanding of the Ram. That's not the point that Ram is making. The point that Ram is making is giving us a definition of um, uh, the imaginative capacity of the nefesh. The chelik hamadam, the chelik hamadam means I can use past experiences, associations, and observations as building blocks. I can strip them down to the basics. And and, uh, and I, I can put it together into something new, but only because I the component parts I already saw. So that's why you know uh, we people can think about going to outer space. People can think about interstellar travel because we know about space. We know about now airplanes and spaceships. Um, and as we can think about going to other planets, we can think about going to uh, other galaxies, etc. But only because the component parts we've already been exposed to. But to think about something that's based on building blocks that we've never seen, never ex- been exposed to, you can't use your Chelek HaMadama for that. Chelek HaMadama is the brain's ability to shuffle through and filter through, sift through all the information that we've ever been exposed to and recombine. So animals do that on a lower level. Animals right now are hungry. The animal can reach back into its associative part of its nefesh. It has a, an association slash memory that last time it was hungry, it found food in such and such place, even though it's not seeing that place right now, but it, it's will direct it back to that place. But only because it already, or, or it will look for a similar place, even if it's a different place, because it remembers that in such and such place it found food, so maybe if it goes to a similar place, it will find food there again. Um, that's the Kayach It's not producing something brand new. It's not, a, it's not a saying, saying it differently. It's not a Yesh Me'ayin. It's not a, like a, a, the ability to produce... Um, new thoughts out of nowhere, but rather to reassemble the building blocks of of experiences and exposures and things we've already seen to, 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 to make things that are new. Now, the example the Ramah gives us is the boat flying through the air, which the Ramah says you can use your to think about things that are uh, uh, no one has ever seen and no one ever will see. Ah, how can the Rambam give an example of something like a boat flying the way we, that is now, that we have achieved this, right? How can the Rambam say, no one's ever going to see it? Because the Rambam's day and age, such a, such a notion was impossible. That's why the Rambam says it. Okay, let's go weiter. Your question? Yes, uh, we can imagine um, things composed of something that we've never experienced, right? Things, as long as you have those things, the basics, you have to have been exposed to or read about or heard about time travel the the the, the uh, space wormholes never nobody was exposed to that but yet right but all the basing that we can anything like that though you can still we can you can we can um play it out and and have this exercise in which we say okay but what's that what are the building blocks of that thought the building blocks are already out there time travel what are the building blocks of time travel the building blocks of time travel are the fact we, we know that there's a past, we know there's a present, we know there's a future, and and um, we know there's a concept of of um, travel. So we know there's a concept of travel in space. We know there's a concept of flow of time. So we're just combining travel with time. It's always like that. Um, 
Yeah. We can think about someone so tearing a tall giant whose feet are on the ground and his head goes up into the clouds. The Ram is saying that's also something that's never been seen and never will be seen. Someone who's so tall that his head goes up into the clouds. The Rambam, I, the, the Torah talks about giants. The Rambam believes that those giants did not, the heads didn't go up into the clouds. So the Rambam, there's no such thing. Skyscraper. What? Skyscraper. Skyscraper. Yeah, he's talking about a person. A person. He's not talking about a building. A person. To imagine a person who's so tall, we just didn't daydream. Yeah. You know? Adam Harish. When do we, you know, so the Rambam is, uh, this, our imaginative capacity sometimes gets us in trouble because we tend to daydream. Yeah. Right? Like, we all remember this when we were like third graders during history class or during science class. So, the daydream about a person whose head is in the clouds, so that you're using your kaiyach hamadama, or, or when it, uh, you know, during the yumashir in the morning, during gemarashir in the morning, you know, <laughs> when I start thinking about, uh, you know, I don't know time travel, something like that, right? <laughs> so they can get, they, they get us in, get us in trouble. Um, what about Adam Rishon? Yeah. Wasn't he tall enough? Oh, very good. So the gemara says Adam Rishon <laughs> went from the from the ground to the sky. So the Rambam clearly very nice. Good, good question. So that question shows that the Rambam understands that Gemara allegorically. Yeah. As other Mepharshim do also, there are Gemaras that are not meant to be taken literally, and I say this very carefully. That doesn't mean that no Gemara is, never, not, is meant to be taken literally. It doesn't mean that at all. There was a fight where somebody wanted to jump and hit him in the ankle. Oig, Oig, Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu and Oig. It doesn't say his head was in the clouds. The cloud is pretty high up there. Yeah. How high do you have and to go Moshe to get into the cloud? Moshe was tall. He was 10 amas. His ankle was 30 amas tall. He was 10 amas. He jumped 10 amas. His mantle was 10 amas. And he hit him in the ankle. So his ankle was 30 amas off the ground. Yeah. So maybe the ram is also taking that allegorically. I don't know. Maybe. Or maybe the ram will tell you, no, he was pretty tall, but his head didn't get to the clouds. Or he's taking it, interpreting it allegorically. You know, he's a region. There are Gemars that are interpreted allegorically. But that doesn't mean that every Gemar is meant to be interpreted allegorically. Doesn't mean that. Doesn't mean that. Okay. There are Gemars, some Gemars that are taken literally, some Gemars that we take allegorically, yes? It, let me say it differently. It's not heresy, it's not kfir, it's not apikars to say that there may be some Gemars which you're not supposed to take literally. The Gemara talks about a bird that was the size of a city and it laid an egg that destroyed 60, 60 neighborhoods, right? There's Gemars like this. So to say that maybe that Gemara should not be taken literally, that's not kfira. It's not apikars to say maybe there's some, there may be some gemaras that you don't take literally, you take allegorically. But to say every gemara is taken allegorically, every gemara should not be taken literally, that's apikarsis. So how do you know which or which? You, you know. That's right. That's right. Okay. When in doubt. says the Ram, another, another thing that you can use your imaginative, imaginative um, capacity for is to imagine an animal that has a thousand eyes. A thousand eyed animal. Says the Ram, this is something that can't exist, won't exist, will never exist. You're never going to see anything like what you can imagine it. Why? Because I know I've been exposed to animals, I'm exposed to eyeballs, I'm exposed to things with two eyes. The spiders have, the insects have, 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 have yeah, faceted yeah, eyes. Whatever, so I can imagine something with many eyes. I can imagine that because I've seen all the basic building blocks. Many things that are impossible, many of the impossible, like the animal with the thousand eyes, like the person, the giant whose head's in the clouds, or like the ship flying through the air. Uh, all these impossible things are my imagined capacity can assemble note he uses the word assemble I can assemble these thoughts why assemble? because again I'm putting two and two together I have to I can only build off of things that I've seen already in the past my imagination can produce them here's the word the philosophers again made a big mistake says the Rambam 
um, they talk about something that is possible and impossible and necessary. The philosophers have said, if I can think about it, it must be a reality, must be able to exist. The philosophers that the Ram is quoting again, these anonymous philosophers, they have they have an approach that if the mind can imagine it, that that necessarily means that it has to be able to exist. We can't imagine impossible things. Says the Ram, no, it's not true. The imagination. It's an assembly type of capacity. I can put things together. I can assemble the impossible, but it's built off of the possible, but I can assemble the impossible. I'm just combining things. I know this. I've seen it exposed to people. I've been exposed to clouds. I've been exposed to the ground. So I, my imagination will combine this together, a person who goes all the way to the clouds. I've been exposed to tall people and short people, so I'll just use my imagination to, to you know, build off of that. So, but the philosophers, this is the rabbi, have this understanding that if the mind cannot grasp things that are impassable. It's not true. Um, the, the, uh, the, um, the, the, as we've mentioned, what the, what the imaginative capacity can do is assemble things that you've heard, build off of building blocks and produce things that are impassable. What? That contradicts what you were saying. He's bringing down a view from the philosophers that I, I can only think about things that are... It contradicts what you're saying when we learned the Hanukkah book. Other philosophers, yeah, he's not telling us who these philosophers are. We, the Greeks, we said in the Maharal in, in their in their mitzvah, the, the Greeks believed that something only exists if I can can understand it. It's not necessarily a contradiction, meaning they were saying if you can't explain to me, it doesn't exist. Um, but they weren't saying that. If I no, can imagine it, I can imagine impossible things. I can imagine possible things. It's two different, two different questions. I think you could say one without the other, really. Okay, we'll stop over here. We're going to continue tomorrow. There's a bris, so we're probably not going to have nine o'clock class tomorrow. Whenever the nine o'clock is class now.